class is back in session. Welcome Woo! to D Hall and Dragons, a real play D&D podcast about a group of high school students who get sucked into a world of fantasy and magic and have to set out on a quest to find their way home, but not before they find themselves along the way. Welcome back from your Christmas break. Uh, my name is Riley Wesson. I am this campaign's dungeon master, and I am joined by my friends, my players, and um, I don't have one this week. You don't have a, a fun third adjective. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Uh, hello, my name is Brandon Lindsay, and I play Cecil McNamara, uh, your favorite character on this podcast. And if your character had to multi-class into a class they currently aren't in, what would they multi-class into? Um, Danielle looks so confused. <laughs> Excuse Danielle while she has a stroke. <laughs> I know what it means. I just don't know what any of the other class options or, are. Everyone else can answer this question. Riley, if you would just message me in the chat and tell me what my class would be, and I'll just use it as gotcha. my answer, okay. that would yeah, be yeah, great. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. We'll, we'll splice cool, 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 it cool, together cool, cool, cool. in the edit. There you go. Great. <laughs> Got it. Got it. I'll improv it. For Cecil, I think he'd multi-class into fighter because his athletic prowess has really shown through. In more recent events, he's proven himself on the b-ball court. That's about it. So I think judging on that experience alone, I think that has proven to him that he can handle himself uh, physically speaking. So being adept in martial uh, combat is probably a a real easy next step for him. That's something that he can slide into without any prior experience, I think. Isn't the prerequisite for that actually having strength and dex yes i don't think cecil can actually even multi-class into fighter because he has an eight in strength and (laughs) Uh, no 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 he has a six okay (laughs) you're right sorry uh and the prerequisite to be a fighter is i think like a 13 in strength and dexterity so i don't i think by the rules of D &D, cecil cannot multi-class into a fighter at least not until um, he hits like level 20 or something. Well, um, and I think we all know this as well. Cecil rarely plays by the rules. Ah. He makes his own rules. A real bad boy. Yeah, he's, yeah. The word you're looking for is troubled. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Andy Neinhart, and I am the voice of Victoria Hightower. I think if I were to multi-class Victoria, I, there's there's only two that come to mind. One, I would say fighter, yes, because I feel like she's more on the defensive and protective side of like fighting but i would also say possibly artificer i think she really enjoys tinkering with her shotgun and just kind of in the back of my head with her character she probably took some calc classes and really enjoyed them and um has considered being an engineer but is kind of like eh, i don't really want to do that so i would say maybe artificer because i think she could build a really cool weapons for the whole gang <laughs> so i think that yeah. would be fun yeah i could see that uh my name is danielle grisco and i play brian tolkien on this podcast um and brian would be a wizard and i uh i don't think i need to justify it um nor <laughs> could i uh if i needed to so um I'm danielle that's a really educated opinion to have that's a you know wow. i'm i'm not gonna lie to you it, it was truly given to me by a stroke of genius just wow. and inspired. That's all. That's all I could say. Amazing. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jackson Pounds, and I play James Malden. Riley and I are the only ones that know this, but I kind of already have a another 
thing Ooh. that I can't necessarily. Oh, spoilers! spoilers. Well, that's so. that's more your subclass. That's just like yeah. your subclass of ranger. <gasps> but yeah, it is kind of because I honestly can't think of it because it's so it fits in perfect. So I I don't. Oh, I so can't yes. wait to figure it out. I feel like if anything, if James actually had to like multi-class into a whole separate class, I would probably bet on rogue. That would yeah. be that, that feels like totally. the, the most acrobatics, fun. the stealth, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the isolation, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh my name's Riley Wesson. I'm this campaign's dungeon master and uh I don't really have a a class per se. Um Where are your class, but... Riley? Yeah, but in real life, would you consider yourself would you consider yourself a bard? Uh, I mean, I, I think like profession wise, yes, mm. I would say bard. I think personality yeah. wise, as as we have determined, I'm definitely a paladin. Yeah. Honestly, I would like at some point to play like a multi-class paladin bard. I feel like that would be a really fun, interesting class to play. Um, nice. You just so. exclusively perform for the church. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just do shows for the clergy. He's a youth pastor choir boy. He's a pastor worship leader. <laughs> Yeah. He's just a worship leader, <laughs> exactly. Last session on D Hall and Dragons, the students took stock after the Hideaway's harrowing rave. They met Todd, the DJ slash leader of the Hideaways, and convinced him to take part in their plans to stop the Boomers' oppressive law and prepared for the upcoming operations over the next few days. On the third day, they gathered at what was definitely not a war council and decided that Victoria and Brian would go with the hideaways to provide a distraction at the docks, allowing Cecil and James to sneak into the tower containing the magical mechanism controlling all of the armor in the city alongside Ratness and Wren. After all getting tattoos and having a moment between Victoria and Wren ruined by Cecil, the plot was hatched and the teams set out. And that's where we are now. So... We are going to start with the Runaways group at the tower. So it's probably like 10, 11 o'clock at this point. And uh, you guys are making your way through the streets of the city. Most everyone has gone to sleep. You guys are sneaking your way through the street alongside Ratness and Wren. And you make your way to a city square almost that is centered around this large clock tower. It's probably about 100 feet tall. And you guys see that there are uh, a few windows that are about like 40 feet up along the building. And there is a single door as an entrance. And you see like a clock ticking up at the top. And behind the clock's face, you think you can see a little bit of glowing behind it. And so that everyone is not left out of the fun and festivities while James and Cecil are taking the tower Danielle and Andy you guys will have control of Ratness and Wren <gasps> so oh. I have what? I have stat blocks prepared for them that I will be dropping that's so cool oh, that's in fun. the chat now dibs on Ratness please okay okay fine. great <laughs> yeah and what you? a fucking sacrifice Andy yeah okay <laughs> Now you can live vicariously. <laughs> you make her say nice things about Victoria. <laughs> she's like, God, she's so fucking hot. <laughs> is there anyone else with us or is it just the four of us? It's just the four of you guys. It is a it is a small squad. Uh, and as you guys are approaching, make me a perception check, everybody. Oh, gosh. Um, okay. 13. 17. 21. 
Natural one. <laughs> and, and a one for Ren. Yeah. So everyone else sees this. Ren is still a little uh, flustered after Cecil she's, jumped she's, into that she's situation. She's at the back between... of the group watching their back. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but as you guys look up, you guys see that from those windows that are 40 feet up on the tower, there is some kind of fog coming out of them. Okay. I could reach that. How so? Um, well, I, 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 I've been a panther before, and panthers are pretty pretty good at climbing. So I think I can probably reach that. Okay. Are there any adjoining rooftops that would give me a, a closer vantage if I were to, say, try and leap into? The closest, there's probably about a 30-foot gap between the buildings around in the square and the tower in the center. Sure, like a plaza. Yeah. I don't know, James, what do you think? Yeah. Um, J- James, this time during this exchange, has been, like, penning something on a scroll. He's been writing something, and he puts it in his pocket. Um, I can't, I mean, I feel confident in my acrobatics to, I don't know what the, the dry ice is that's coming out of it, but yeah. I can make myself get up there, hopefully. James, how are you planning on getting up there? You're just going to climb? You're going to free climb it? That was the plan? That's... You must have the grip strength of the gods. Well, we still need to get inside before the distraction is created. Otherwise, the streets will be teeming with soldiers. You could throw me. <laughs> Ratness speaks <laughs> up from the ground. Wait, actually, you could I guess throw we me. could throw you. If you're going to turn into a panther, could Ratness just ride you back up? Oh no, that that is not going to happen. <laughs> Ratness, it's an easy way in. You met him? All right, if we're going to take any longer, I'm just going to do something and go in. I mean, if it's best for the group, I'll do it. All right. I am going to place a hand on my chest and my form slowly turns invisible. And then in the quiet. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) A stifled sneeze. I just processed that I now have to ride something that's invisible. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. I I slowly, like, nudge the back of you, Ratness. And, like, like, purr, like... Ratness flinches and instantly pulls out a dagger, just as like a default. Ratness. And then kind of climbs on top of this <laughs> invisible. Ren offers her offers her a hand to help her climb on. This two and a half foot rat floats about two feet above the ground. And I'll say, Cecil, you can make an acrobatics check. I do have a climbing speed of 40. I'll take that back. There you go. You're good. You can head on in. I have a climbing speed of exactly 40. I can just reach it. There you go. I forgot about that. So you're going to climb up into the window? Uh, I'm going to stealthily climb on over, and you can just see Ratness' body just like (laughs) going from left to right. This is the weirdest experience of my life. I get up to the window. I don't immediately jump in. I slowly put my paws up and lift myself so Ratness can try and get advantage inside to get a, a clearer picture all right uh so james do you want to climb up there or do you want to wait on the ground i i, I think I, since two people are already going i think it's fine if i uh stay down here okay cool uh ratness give me a perception check as you peek in through the window oh boy oh my passive perception is higher than that do i keep my passive perception? <laughs> i'll say it's your passive perception sure okay. what's your passive perception <laughs> 12 okay <laughs> Uh, yeah, as you look through, uh, this fog is thick, and you cannot quite see into the window. I, I'm just going to kind of whisper <laughs> towards the direction of where I think Cecil's head is. Just be like, I can't see for shit in there. 
<laughs> Are you guys both climbing in? Uh, yeah, I'll climb in. It's totally poisoned, but yeah, yeah, Ratna's climbing. Cool. Uh, as you guys climb into the window, both of you make me a dexterity saving throw. Oh shit! That's fine. Oh. That's fine. That's a twenty-one. Thirteen. Okay, you climb in, and then you suddenly feel there's nothing underneath you <gasps> as you pass through and out the window of the other side. <gasps> Cecil, you manage to grab the windowsill, but Ratness, you fall 40 feet and you take oh. 11 damage oh, as you no. fall to the ground. So Ratness is on the other side of the tower. Rat- no, Ratness is on the ground. Ratness, is, Ratness fell. No, no. Out, out the window, oh. out the other side. Out the out the other side window and fell to the ground. Okay, well I'm just gonna I'm gonna continue using my climb speed. I'm gonna move in like a diagonal, rotating around the exterior, looking for other windows. There are no other windows. It is just these two windows forty feet up. Okay, so we do see Ratness fall. Yeah, yeah. So James and Ren, you guys are on the ground, and all of a sudden you just see Ratness flung out the other window oh and fall God. down to the ground. <laughs> You hear a tiny rat scream. <laughs> Danielle, give me a tiny rat scream. <clears throat> <laughs> um, would Ren have some lock picking tools? Yes. Okay, great. She's going to go to the door. Okay. You inspect the door. Yeah, I'll see if it's trapped first. Okay, roll me an investigation check. Okay, great. Natural 20. Wow. There you go. It is not trapped. Cool. Then I would like to make a, a lockpicking check. Okay. Roll me a sleight of hand. Uh, 12. Okay. Uh, you pull out your lockpicking tools and you start to fiddle with it on the ground, but it is a very tough lock. And you can tell as you're trying to pick the lock and also from your investigation check that there appears to be something magical locking this door. James, are, can you... Can you dispel magic? Ah, uh, that's Cecil's area of expertise, and I think he's climbing right now. Uh, she's gonna cast message to Cecil. Cecil, as you're scurrying along the tower looking for another window, uh, you hear a message from Ren in your head. Cecil, it would seem that the windows are going to chuck us out of them. So perhaps you can come down and dispel the magic on this door, and I could unlock it for us. I'll quickly scurry my way down the rest of you guys hear a a soft thud next to the ground as cecil Mm. lands uh and i will say that ren and ratness were probably relatively prepared for this so i'll say that they both have one greater healing potion on them each oh cool i will drop both forms you hear a tiny little panther sneeze and then my form slowly comes back into focus (sighs) well that was um i feel like a decent plan Bullshit. That was bullshit. And Ratness is just running up to where they're standing. I mean, you tried as well, and I'd spat you out. And I, I mean. Which you did nothing about, so thanks for that. And Ratness is just like brushing dirt off of her fur. <laughs> There's nothing I can. Uh, well, you know what? You know what I can do? You know what I can do? I'm going to place a hand on the door. You need this dispelled? Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I've. James is like visibly distracted. He keeps scribbling things on this this scroll that he has, and he keeps putting it back in his pocket. He's like, "I I should have. We brought you along because you could dispel this. I'm sorry, I didn't even." No, think no, no. To. Um. Well, <clears throat> haven't done this too much. I'm gonna place my hands against the wall. I'm gonna say, 
Lord, in this moment, I need you to speak through me. Undo this cursed door. And I'll cast a spell magic (laughs) on the door. Okay, you cast a spell magic, and um, for that and also for your invisibility, please roll me a d20. Yes. Oh, boy. Two. Okay, cool. And a 20. Let's go. Hey, okay, (laughs) roll me a d100. There it is. 59. Okay. You cast this, you hear a magical click from the other side of the door, and it slides open. And behind you, you feel like some kind of presence and you turn uh and a unicorn has appeared and is just kind of trotting around very confused in the middle of this square behind you guys damn it why is victoria here cecil did you cast anything else lord is this you it looks at you and kind of cocks its head shakes its its head back and forth but it does look down at ratness and it sees her brushing off the dirt and it comes down and it kneels before her and places <gasps> a little places its horn against her uh and she regains 10 hit points i do not know the power of my own strength i look at my hands your strength your strength i'm pretty sure it kneeled before me <laughs> oh the unicorn looks at between both of you and gives like a solemn nod to ratness and then looks at cecil and kind of rolls its eyes uh and then after a minute it disappears Ratness is standing up a little straighter. Ratness feels better now. <laughs> <laughs> so but the door slid open. Yes. Right? Okay. So Cecil is left dumbstruck while the door right. slides open. Ren would have them hold a second and she would stealth in to see if there are any traps. Okay. First roll me a stealth check. Yep. Oh, oh, well, it's great being a rogue. She's a stealthy girl. Those 13. Jesus, you were rolling yep. terribly tonight. And then <laughs> roll me a uh, an investigation check. Fifteen. Cool. Okay, yeah. You sneak in, and there does not appear to be any physical traps in this room. Uh, it looks almost like a container room. There just seem to be a lot of boxes around. But as you are walking, you do see these cloaks floating around in between the boxes, and you kind of put your hands on a box and start to look at one, but the wood on it is kind of creaky and it makes a sound of the, one of the cloaks turns and like you see that there's nothing underneath the cloak, Mm -hmm. but it turns and it seems to notice you and it starts to waft over the boxes towards a door on the other side of the room. Oh no. Uh, uh, ah, she's just gonna run over to it and try to grab it, the hem of it and keep and hold it back. Okay, uh, make me an acrobatics check. Okay. As you leap over these boxes. Amazing. Um, 23. Yeah, you vault over these boxes and roll under a few others, and you grab the hem of this cloak, and it is, like, tugging against you, but you have it. But as you were holding it, another cloak comes down one of the paths, sees you, and moves, and it just passes through this door. It's go time! Go time! Go time! Alright, here we go, James. Light him up! And I'm gonna cast Shillelagh, and my club begins to sprout vines and thorns. I'm gonna move towards the door that the one just passed through. Okay. You open the door, and fog spills out. Close the door immediately. Ratna starts backing up away from the fog. (laughs) (laughs) 
Alright, we don't like fog. We don't like fog. Um, do I spot any stairs in here? Uh, make me a perception check. Oh boy, come on. That's a 10. Uh, no, you can't, you don't see any stairs right now. Okay. And Ren, as you are struggling with this thing, it finally manages to slip out of your grasp and it also passes through that door, that same door. Oh, can she cast web in front of it? Uh, sure. Yeah, you cast web and this cloak gets caught up in this web as these tendrils of web and silk spread out over the doorway. The cloak is caught. I walk up to the cloak. I point my, I, I hold my baseball bat up towards it. And I hold it threateningly. What are you? Cloak, speak. Ratnet's face palmed. The, the cloak just kind of flutters in this web. How tall are the, the stacked boxes? There are varying sizes, but they're anywhere between three feet tall to five feet tall. So there aren't any stacks or racks or anything like that that goes further up in this room? Not that you can see right now. Okay. Unless you'd like to make a perception check. For Yeah, I was just going to perceive the whole room. I rolled a natural 20. Ooh, wow. Nice. Yeah. There's that James rolling we love to see. Thank God. Yeah, uh, you guys are all kind of caught up with this cloak that's also caught up in this web, no pun intended. Um, while James is kind of looking around the room and you see... Against one of the walls, there is like a stack of boxes, but it looks like there are kind of streaks of dirt in the ground in front of them. Ratness puts her shoulder against one of the boxes and is like scurrying and and trying to push it. (laughs) Make me a, make me an athletics check. Nice. Four. (laughs) (laughs) She's so small. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Ratness is very small and is having a very hard time moving this box. Um, While we're doing this, I'm going to reach into my khaki bag of tricks and I'm going to see if I can get lucky here. Okay. (laughs) What'd you get? Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. So I reach into my khaki bag of tricks and I pull out this little flubber and it begins to quickly expand. A giant duck appears. Um, Fritz, buddy! Oh my god. The six foot tall duck appears in the room, very confused, and sees Ratness pushing at these boxes and just kind of waddles over and starts pecking along with her. Uh, and some of the boxes start to fall. And you guys see that there is a small pathway with what looks to be a spiral staircase behind the boxes. Nice. Ratness throws her arms in the air and goes, I did it! <laughs> I'm petting Fritz and I just go, yeah, you did. That was a good job. Game respects game. And as you guys reveal that, we are going to jump to the hideaways group. Oh, no. To Victoria and Brian and Brandon and Jackson. You guys will be controlling Todd and Jim. Oh, my I'm going gosh. to be <laughs> dropping. Oh, boy. Which one do you want, Jackson? Uh, I could be the ADD. Um, okay. Dickhead. <laughs> I'll be the 30 year old. Yeah. And he, he had, uh, he was like, oi, you know, he spoke like this, didn't he? Yeah. Oh okay. my God. What the fuck you on about, mate? Show us all up. What was Jim? Jim was Jim just, was just Jim like, was just, hey, what up, man? what's going on? Just like, hey, just kind of loud. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He always sounded like he was yelling from a bit far away. <laughs> um, we are jumping over to Victoria and Brian. You guys are up on a hill kind of on the outskirts of town 
Um, the plan has sort of been for you guys to be able to pick up enough speed going down this hill so you can zip to the docks as quickly as possible. Gotcha. And you, as you're looking out, you see uh, a group of the hideaways kind of gathered around on this hill. uh, And you can see a bit of a ways off on like the other side of town. You see like another hill that there seems to be some kind of like building there off in the distance. And as you guys are noticing that, you also notice there are ships that are slowly starting to pull in closer to the port. Were there multiple ships or one in particular? Uh, there are like three ships. They're all coming in together. And like there's one in the middle that appears to be kind of the main ship. Oh, golly. What you, what you doing? Well, okay. So what what do you have in mind for a distraction? I was, I was going to make an explosion. Oh, okay. That's. I, don't, I mean, what? I don't really know. I don't really know what I'm going to make explode yet. But I thought like if we got closer to the ship, we could see what was on it. And like if there was. It's a ship. There might be there might be rum on it, which is or gunpowder, or gunpowder, which is explosive. That would be very lucky. That would be um, very lucky if that happened. Or they could be transporting people. What? You know, a different country. I, what? I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I, I hope there's explosive goods. I hope it's not like you know. Well, how uh, are we supposed to know? Now you think it's a slaver's ship? No, what no, no, you? no, no, not like that. Like I mean, like a, like a kind of like a ferry, you know, of uh, just like you so, know. Um, because you guys went through this oh plan God. before before time that these ships are transporting in magical items. Magical items. That's right. That's okay, thank God. I'm panicking when she it's said It's been people. two months, Riley. I was like, people? About- what are you? You just said no. you listened to the last episode. I, I straight up thought that all of a sudden I just didn't know Dungeons and Dragons and people could be magical objects. And I was like, this is the most no, terrifying thing. They can. That's my fault. They certainly can terrifying okay great so if they're components that's awesome because hopefully something in that will be explosive as you guys are having this conversation you see the hideaways are all kicking up their boosted long rooms and they're 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 about to take off one second one second todd well okay so we can't go until the ship is like a good like 50 to 40 feet from actually todd over here todd todd what? Yeah. Okay. So listen, we we can't go until they're close enough to like jump from. Uh, listen, Todd. Todd, ice here. Um, we have to wait until they're close enough that hey, we can Todd, literally physically. <sighs> Jim, shut up. Until we can jump onto the ship. Right. 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 right so, um, when would that be? Like, is that? Is it is now? It's now, right? No. It, it, it... No. All right. All right. Fine. I, I Brian Brian walks up to the long room and and oh, start tries to mount it. What you gotta do is you gotta stay next to it and you gotta yell up. 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 As you say that, the boosted long broom slides up and floats next to you guys. Shit. Alright, I mount mount the long broom. Don't have great balance. Wait, can two people fit on one? (laughs) No, it's a skateboard. What do you think? Get on the board! Shit, up! Okay, she's gonna step on it. I have terrible balance, you guys. This is why I'm not a dancer. You guys hop on, and as you start to make your way down, you see that on the outskirts of town, there are, like, some guard towers here and there. So everyone make me, let's say, an acrobatics check. I'll say if you guys collectively roll high enough, you'll be able to fly by them. 18! Okay, 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 19. 10. And... Jackson, what did Todd roll? He has a, is it plus three to this because his dex? 
Or is it'll, it? It's actually a, it's a plus five because he has a he has skills and acrobatics. Oh, nice. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thirteen. Okay. You guys averaged at the exact DC that you need to pass. <gasps> Yay! Um, it was a fifteen, <laughs> and you guys just nailed that it's on the average. Okay. You guys all hop on and start to gain speed down this hill and you start to zip through the air and blaze past these guard towers. They aren't even able to recognize what exactly just happened. Um, and as you guys are approaching, the lights from, behind, from the back of your brooms are starting to glow Ooh. and the ships are starting to come into the harbor and you start to hear alarms go up from the ships as they see you guys approaching and you start to see explosions as cannons start to shoot at you guys. Oh no! <laughs> but because you guys uh, managed to make it past the guards without alerting them, this will be a little bit easier than it would awesome. have been. Awesome. All right. So I need somebody to roll me a D4, please. Okay. Four. All right. So you guys have to pass six checks to avoid this cannon oh, fire. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. So here's how it's going to work. You guys will be making acrobatics checks to try and avoid oh. this cannon fire. Okay. If you fail, you will take 1d6 of damage for each failure. Or, if you'd like, you can expend a spell slot to propel your broom forward faster to avoid the damage. That is how the first half will work. The second half, the last three, will be a little bit harder, and it'll be 2d6 damage plus three since you're approaching quicker. And again, you can use a spell slot to reduce a D6 of damage if you fail. So as you guys start to zip down uh, the hill, I need everyone to make me an acrobatics check. <laughs> 16. 11. 17. Two. <laughs> okay. So Victoria and Jim both oh, fail. But if you'd like, you can expend a spell slot uh, to avoid I don't avoid think Jim has damage. spell slots. Nah, man. Jim doesn't have spell slots, you're right. I think he's like a monk or something. <laughs> Can I redirect attack? Um, well, actually, it, 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 ne, ne, never mind. Never mind. It hits yeah, me. Never would, mind. You would Can just I redirect it? it into somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you guys both take five damage. Okay. So that is the first check. Everyone roll me another acrobatics check. No! Uh, Brian uses a spell slot. Yeah, same. Same. Victoria does two. Three! <laughs> okay. And uh, Todd, what did you roll? 18. Okay, Todd avoids this. Both Brian and Victoria see these cannibals coming at them, and they lean down and hold their hands over the back of the board as um, a bit of arcane energy seeps out, and you guys shoot forward and avoid the cannons, uh, while Jim, you take three damage. <laughs> and uh, that brings us to our third check. Everyone roll. Okay. No. Stop it. Nine. 11. Nine. 20. Not natural 20. Okay. Todd avoids again. Uh, everyone else takes five damage. Okay. 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 And now we are coming into the last three checks as you guys are starting to blast down the docks towards the ships. Everyone uh, roll me acrobatics checks. 20. 17. 15. And another three. Brandon is laying in his chair. So, Todd, if you would like to expend a spell slot, you can reduce a d6 of damage, or you can take this. Okay, yeah, I'll take one of the f first level, I guess. Okay. Uh, and, Jim, I'll say 
Uh, I'll say if you'd like, out of these six for one of these, you can use deflect missiles. Nice. Um, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. god. Uh, yeah, so you subtract four from one of these. Todd, you take seven damage. Uh, Jim, you take six damage. And with that, you guys are starting to reach the end of the docks and the cannons are coming at you. You see that there's magical armors on the ship that are starting to like make a racket and like gesturing to one another. And uh, roll me another acrobatics check, everyone. 14. 24. 12. 6. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, Brian and Victoria. Um, would you- I'm going to expend one more spell slot. I'm going to take the damage. Okay. That is uh, 11 damage to Brian and Jim, and that is 8 damage to Victoria. It's good. It's fine. And as you guys reach the end of the dock and leap off, heading right over the water and onto the ships, everyone roll me one last acrobatics check. Brandon. 18. 16. 14. And Brandon? Y'all look behind you as Jim gets pelted with a cannonball and careens into a building and falls off of his broomstick. That's a natural one. Oh my god. Okay, you you don't fall off. Uh, Sure. But yeah. So Jim just wanted to dance. (laughs) Okay, okay. That was was a, a bit of a poor roll, so that's only five damage. Oh, okay. And you guys land on the deck of the main ship as the hideaways spread out around you to start fending off the magical armors that are on the ship. And you guys all look up to see from behind the wheel, this large construct that has like a tricorn hat and a sash around his waist stand up. And with that, we will jump back to the runaways group. Ah, no, 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 I was ready to do something. I had a plan. Meanwhile, on a staircase. <laughs> Meanwhile, you guys are peeking behind these these boxes to see this staircase going upward. And it is quite dark in this staircase. Anyone that has dark vision can see. Uh, I believe that's only Ratness. I can see real good. You look up the staircase and it is lined with unlit torches, but there are also webs covering the entirety of the staircase as it goes upward. Ratness pulls out my two blades and just starts kind of like slicing through the webs like it's a jungle. Okay. <laughs> and just leading the way. I'm going to take up the behind and watch everybody's back. Okay. I have my still shillelagh baseball bat. I have it on my shoulder. On the opposite shoulder, I snap my fingers and my spirit totem appears just in a brief flap of the wings and a hawk appears. So I believe we should all have advantage on perception as long as we're all nearby. Okay. Oh, cool. Cool. Okay. Uh, if you'd like, you guys can all make a perception check then. 21. That is 23. 12. 12. So Ren and Ratness can't quite notice this, but Cecil and James, you guys smell gasoline and you smell it coming from the unlit torches that are lining the wall. And you see as you're making your way through you see that these torches don't seem to be super securely in place. Can I inspect one to see if, does this feel like they're arcane in nature? Like there's some sort of enchantment held on these? Like if we were to light them, it would activate some sort of magical something? Roll me an investigation check. Okay. 
that's 18. Uh, it just appears to be regular gasoline that are on these things. Uh, and you can tell they were placed there pretty precariously for a purpose. So how narrow is the staircase? It's basically like everyone is going up, has to go up in a line. And in a single file. Okay. Yeah. Single file. Right. Yeah. Anybody got a light? Ratness, are you still continually hacking through, making you guys, making y'all's way up? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't distracted by any, anything that I noticed. So I, I've just kept going unless somebody behind me stopped. And then uh, I yeah, J- James pulls her back by the scruff. I scruffed her. So she's okay. <laughs> scruff her. She's, she's, she's okay, but she's pissed. <laughs> Very pissed. <laughs> Manhandle me. Yeah, you... She's swinging. <laughs> Currently, you're about a fourth of the way up, and there is still, like, remains of webs sort of yeah. slightly clinging to you guys, but there is still webs covering the rest of the staircase on the way up. I'm going to touch one of the torches. Oh, boy. Okay. The second that you touch it, like, the lightest bit of provocation from you, it just falls to the ground. Okay. I'm going to pick up the torch. Well, we could burn through some of the web. Yeah. I just worry that it's a trap. If I got webs sticking to me, I'm not lighting anything on fire. It's also on me. Yeah, I suppose we run the risk of um, if Ratness continues to hack away, I don't know if any of the other torches would fall down, you know. Do we want to continue in the dark? How about Ratness can see in the dark? So if she's leading and she's hacking away, try not to knock anything down. Just... Yeah. Focus on the web in front of us. You can see better than probably any of us can, so... Yeah, so just... would you put me down, please? James just gently places Ratness <laughs> on the ground in front of... Thank you. Talk about unnecessary. Now she's, she's like, she moves forward and she's still... She continues hacking away at the web, but she's just muttering frumpy things under her breath. It's all the way up. I'm like, continue. Think just because I'm small. Use my sight. Don't get to scruff me. Crap, so yeah, crap. you guys continue up behind... And you guys make it about halfway up, and Ratness, you slash through a web, and you step on one of the staircases, and you feel a little <gasps> beneath your foot, and there is a match that is lit above one of the torches next to you, and it falls, it bursts into flame, and it falls to the ground, and all of the webs are on fire around you guys. Everyone roll initiative. Ah, we're, we're fighting gonna, the fire. We're gonna, we're gonna While we're feeding the flames, yes. Oh this is essentially going to be a race to try and get out of these webs quick enough. For every turn you are in the webs, you take 2d4 fire damage. Uh, 18. Hmm, 26. Damn it! 25! <laughs> Three. <laughs> Jim, are you here? <laughs> Cecil's playing with the fire. Ooh, pretty colors. Okay, so I'll say on initiative 20, the fire will do its damage. So I'll say Ratness and Ren, you guys can have a chance to act before it. You guys still have about 15 feet of stairway to climb. And so you will need to make dexterity checks to get through the webs. If you pass, you will be able to go 10 feet. If you fail, you'll only be able to move five feet. So Ratness, you're up first. Make me a dexterity check. 20. Okay. You pass, so you are able to move 10 feet up. You are only five feet away from getting out of the staircase. Ren, your turn. Be a 10. Okay, so you can only move five feet, so you are still 10 feet away from getting to the exit. And with that, everyone takes three fire damage. Okay. And James, it is your turn. James is distracted. 10. Okay. You move five feet, you are also 10 feet away from the exit. Cecil, your turn. 10. 
tens all around. Cecil, you are 10 feet away from the exit. Ratness, your turn. You are five feet away from the exit. Ooh, 16. <laughs> 16. Okay, you just pass. Uh, you are able to make it to the end of the stairway. And Dren, that is your turn. You are 10 feet away. That's a natural one. Natural one. Yay. You fail. You move five feet. You are five Fuck feet away you. from the exit. Stupid dice. I only rolled a three again, so everyone takes three more fire damage. I don't. Yes, except for Ratness. Ratness is out of the fire. <laughs> I'll say, Ratness, since you are out, you can give a, a help action to anyone that is trying to escape. Quick question. So did Ratness take damage from the fire? Yes. Ratness took three damage at the beginning. Might you say Ratness was catching fire? It's been fun, guys. Um, it's really, I appreciate yeah, this, this, was, this is a great time, um, but I think this is this is where we end. This Thank is... you, guys. Um, <laughs> I've right, got a, I'll see I'm you. going on a comedy tour. Week. James, roll your dexterity saving throw. <laughs> it was a 23. James, you managed to get out. You are standing next to Ratness. Cecil, your turn. Make a dexterity saving throw. Nine. Cecil is five feet from the exit next to Ren. Ren, make your... Or actually, at Can this point... Can I instead... Um, use the help action to get Cecil out. Okay. She's going to find a way to almost like trip him so he'll fall forward and out of the fire. Okay. So that means Cecil is out of the fire. Ren, you take five fire damage. And then I'll say with everyone else out, they manage to pull Ren out of the flaming webs in the staircase. And you guys are now on the second floor of the tower. No, is there fog? No, there's no fog in here. Uh, <laughs> but there are a lot of desks and a lot of books. Uh, it seems to be like a mini library up here. It is also filled with those cloaked figures. Oh, fuck. Can we... Ooh, ooh, I'm going to take my two daggers. How many cloaks are there? There are like five or six. Oh. But they haven't seen us yet? Not yet. Okay, cool. Do you want to... Okay, I, can, I think I can trap two of them. Oh! Oh wait! 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 I've got! I've got web. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I could try it. I, I mean, can you, what can I could you do is pin it with an. A... Yeah. So I'll. What can I do? Two of them because I attack twice. Yeah. Sure. I'll just use my shillelagh. Cool. Okay. Uh, I'll say these things have a DC of like twelve. So uh, everyone, roll me an attack roll. Uh, James and Ratness, roll me two attack rolls. <gasps> Uh, it was like 25 and 12. Okay. And Danielle? <laughs> Two natural 20s. Damn, you no. What? <laughs> Take a picture. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I rolled the same dice twice. So I only have a picture of it. pins every single cloak to the desks. Two crits in a row. Holy crap. Yeah. I'll say with that, Ren doesn't even have to waste the spell slot of using web. I'll say, I'll say one of. I, she goes, she goes to do it and then literally turns and. It almost looks like one of Ratness's daggers goes out from Ren's hand as it slits through <laughs> two different of the cloaked figures and then she hits another one. James takes down two and Cecil in the background just kind of wrestles another one to the ground. Well, I rolled a 25. <laughs> I put, I, 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 I'm beating, it, yes, I'm beating well. it like a like like an old woman like beating... Like a blanket or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah. beating out her laundry? Yeah. And you see it like kind of keeps moving and you just put like a couple of heavy books on top of it and it, it stays still. But yeah, you guys see there are a lot of books around the room. And you also see there is like an archway on the other side of the room that seems to have like some buckets with uh, like concrete in them. 
Uh, Ren pulls Cecil aside really quick. Question. Yeah, um, I'm single. What's up? Your friend Victoria, actually, she likes books, correct? I also, I mean, I also enjoy books. I'm, Does she like books? I'm a bit of a heavy reader. <laughs> mm, same. I probably read more books than Victoria anyway, so. Do you know what kind of books she likes? Um, I don't, but I can tell you what kind of books I like. She, like, pauses for a second and, like, nods her head and walks over to James. <laughs> on, the, uh, on, the, uh, on the other side of the room, uh, Ratness is standing next to James and just going, like, did you? And then... <laughs> And just like his pantomiming throwing. They're both doing, yeah, they're doing like Charlie's Angel poses back to back with each other. <laughs> and yeah, James, uh, you see Ren approach you. Hello. Question. Victoria likes books, correct? Yes, she does. Great. She walks off and she's going to go grab a couple of, she's going to go look at the books. She's not going to touch them yet. Okay. You browse some of the books uh, and it looks like there's a lot of different books on a lot of different magical schools of study. Um, this seems to be kind of a centralized location of the knowledge that they've kind of been compiling here in Boomerfield since they don't have to work. They've been doing a lot of time studying different types of magic and such. But you also see like a few novels here and there as well. Yeah, she'll she'll put a finger on one and see if anything happens. No. And she'll take it and she'll put it in her bag. Cool. I'm uh, do a perception check, uh, 25 of the buckets. Okay, you check out, you see these buckets, and it looks like you can see, like, a few circles of dirt around them. Not like they have been moved, but it looks like they are moved every now and then. And you also can see uh, a few of these buckets of cement on the other side of this archway as well. How many uh, buckets on each side? Uh, There are two buckets on your side and three buckets on the other side. James asks for Cecil to come over here and see if you can sense any magic about the Um yeah, I'll go ahead and cast detect magic in the room. Okay, roll me a d20 in addition to that. Another 20. I I would I would have loved to have rolled these as gem. Of course. But gem success. <laughs> I'm not convinced that Brandon wasn't rolling a, a d20. I was rolling a know? d4 so the highest you could ever get <laughs> was four. So Roll me a d100. Uh 13. Okay, Cecil, as you cast this spell, you can see that there are like some kinds of runes along the top of the archway and you sense some kind of transmutation magic, a very strong transmutation magic cast on this archway. But as you look at them, uh, you blink and then you can't see. You've gone blind. <gasps> Unicorns, oh giant ducks, Ray Charles. Like, what are you, what are you doing, Cecil? Oh my God. Uh, guys, I can't see. What? I can't. I can't see. Um. I mean, there's not a lot of light in here. Okay. Um. Don't don't walk through the archway just yet. Before I went blind, was there anything past the archway? Like, what did the archway lead to? It looked like a staircase. You can't see, as in you're blind. Yeah. I um. Yeah. Could you dispel that as well? I don't want to waste to dispel magic on this that's a third level spell do you think it'll go away um at the moment i've got something else i can probably do i am going to just sit and take out my wand i've got someone else who can maybe help i had a dream last night um i talked to some dude he, he just showed up um yeah i'm gonna bring i'm gonna take out my 
my notebook and I'm just gonna start drawing blindly. I'm gonna draw the figure of a small sprightly man with wings. Um, and I'm gonna cast Summon Fae. Whoa! Alright. As I begin to finish this drawing, the wand kind of mimics my pen and begins drawing in the air this uh, rough form of this sprightly man. A little bit misshapen because I'm blind and I have no experience drawing what I can't see. Um, It just looks like Legolas, basically. (laughs) But like bootleg. (laughs) He's going to appear, begin to materialize, and he has these wings on his back and he's kind of floating about five feet off the ground. Um, And there's this really, really mirthful smile on his face and he seems just real happy. He begins speaking. Mm-hmm, hello! He can only speak Sylvan, unless Riley wants to... Not in this world he can't! <laughs> mm, yes! Tolkien never even finished the language because he knew it was yeah. too difficult. Come on. <laughs> Do you require services? Um, hey, uh, I talked to you in my dream. What was your name? Oh, me? I'm Sebastian, of course. Sebastian, that's right, that's right. It, yeah, um, I'm sorry. No, you... Really nice... In the, in, in the dream I had last night, and I'm having a little bit of difficulty. I'm blind. Oh, my. I know, it's terrible. That's unfortunate. Um, it's terribly unfortunate. Would you mind kind of acting as my eyes? Uh, I mean, I have my ears as well, but could you be my eyes and ears for the moment? Oh, um, with absolute pleasure. Yes. Thank you. That's really generous of you. Um, <laughs> he does like a little jig in front of you guys. Yeah. Anything you can do to help um, would be great. Very well. Uh, I'll say as long as Sebastian is around, uh, you don't have to make attacks at disadvantage. He will be, he, you call him forth, but and he looks like he's almost wearing like nurse scrubs and he's basically like, you're seeing I Fay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just kind of guiding you around by the hand. Awesome. <laughs> don't worry. My Fay eyes will be able to see everything for you. Hey, <laughs> thanks, Sebastian. Of course. I think, yeah, we got to obviously get through this archway. What, what, how, there are two, two buckets on our side. There are two buckets full of concrete on your side, and it looks like there are three on the other side. I pick one up. You pick one up. It is very heavy, but you managed to pick it up. Proud of me. I'm very small. <laughs> if you need Sebastian's help, okay. just let him know. Mm, I can help you, small rat child. Don't worry. Oh, God. I don't need your help. I'm good. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> very well. Let me know if you need assistance. <laughs> I... <laughs> This is a risk. Oh. Are we all going to pick these up or am I going to do something dumb with this right, bucket? Fine. Ren will pick up the second one. Okay. You guys both are holding buckets on this side of the archway. Uh, did anything change on the other side of the archway? Mm, no, just three buckets still. Okay. Oh. Set them down and line them up with the other three. Okay, I do that. So we're missing a third and she's going to cast Minor Illusion to make the third appear. Okay. To mirror what's on the other side. Cool. Um, yeah, it looks like there's three buckets on this side and three buckets on that side. Fuck. Nothing changed. No. Oh, come on. Are we able to kind of peer over into the, like, to the other side? Are we able to see what is in the other buckets? More cement? Just more cement. Right, yeah. Just more heavy buckets. And the books, do they seem to be real books or do they seem to just be like like placeholders? No, they're real books. Ratness picks up a book and throws it through the archway. Okay. You pick up a book, you throw it through the archway, and the second it crosses the threshold, it shoots up to the top of the archway. Oh. Ratness throws her hands up in the air and goes, I'm not doing that again. I've been through a window. I went back. Nope. Uh, nope. So, so 
pose for the fact that it requires um, more weight, which is why it requires concrete to pass through. Okay, well... James goes over to one of the buckets, picks it up, taking a leap of faith, as James is wont to do, and walks through the archway. Okay. You pick up the bucket, it is very heavy, and as you walk through, you feel this tug at you, uh, this, this like so smart. feeling of being pulled upward, but this cement bucket keeps you down, right. and you manage to trudge through the archway and onto the other side. That's amazing. Ratness does the same thing. Wait, no, 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 Ratness, don't do that. Wait. Ratness walks through, and they are now on the other side with the buckets. But I... I try to push the other buckets through the other archway. Ratnus tips them on their side and just kind of pushes them through and they roll through the archway oh, they do? back over to you guys. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So Ren will pick one I'm up. I'm not totally insane. <laughs> I was going to carry you. <laughs> I don't want to be carried. I'm sick of this I shit. know. <laughs> she seems like a very independent young woman. Yes, she is. All right. Sebastian, will you hold on tight to Cecil? Mm, but of course. And I'm going to open Cecil's hands and put the bucket in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You go through. Okay. Sebastian leads Cecil through the archway as they both hold on to the bucket. I'm quite the faithful servant. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good, Sebastian. That was a funny... Good job, man. That was a good joke. Mm, thank you. Bit of fey humor for you. It's been so fun, guys. Yes. And then I'll grab that bucket of cement and walk through. Cool. You guys walk through and you head up the stairs. Ooh, that took too long. <laughs> <laughs> As you do, you hear a bit of a ruckus and you guys immediately tuck yourselves around the corner just in time to see the doors slam open and a ton of magical armor start flooding out of the door and down the stairs. As Ren feels the orange stone in her pocket vibrate and you pick it up just to hear a message that just says, it's on. And the armor stream out of the room and down through the exit of the tower. And you guys round the corner and you see this construct thing. It has like brass rings in like certain segments of it. And these long metal almost look like tentacles that spread out that are connected to these gems. And as you guys enter the room, you see what looks like a camera lens swivel around the top and look down at you guys and zoom in and you see the tentacles start to separate from the gems and face you. Ah! I need everybody to roll initiative. Sebastian, are you good at fighting? (laughs) I can do my best. (laughs) And when I say everyone, I mean everyone. We are going to be jumping back and forth between these two fights of the two groups. Amazing. Oh, fuck yeah. That's a 12 for Jim. Uh, and then Cecil. Hey, 16. 16 for Cecil. 9 for uh, Todd. James rolled a 5. Distracted, yeah. Renee rolled a 13. Victoria rolled a 23. Wow. Thank God. Both Ratness and Brian rolled an 8. Okay, so we're going to start with the runaways fighting the magical mechanism. So first up is going to be Cecil. I'm first? Yes, you're first. Oh, shoot. So so yeah, you guys run in and you're in this large dome at the top and you see the two clock faces on either side of the tower and these gems that are lining the outskirts of the room that seem to control 
the magical armors but right now the magical mechanism is not focused on controlling those things it is only focused on you guys so cecil you're up first along with sebastian yeah yeah sebastian goes directly after me don't worry i have very good eyesight i eat plenty of carrots thank mm-hmm. you sebastian <laughs> yes of course. Oh, boy yeah i'm just gonna hang back i'm gonna hang back but sebastian will head forward and uh, he's going to go ahead and he has a short sword. So I'm just going to tell Sebastian, just go, go chop this thing in, in, in half. Sebastian, destroy. I'll do my best. <laughs> like a fucking Pokemon. <laughs> That's going to be a 16 plus like seven to hit. That'll hit. That's 13 points of damage. Okay. And then as a bonus action, Sebastian is going to uh, face step right back to me. And this construct needs to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Because it is a magical construct, it has resistance to spell effects, so it will roll this at advantage. It rolls a 16. All right, it passes. Okay, and then uh, that's the end of our turn. Oh, boy. I don't want to use dispel magic on this blindness. Sebastian darts forward, stabs this thing once, and then disappears in like a puff of flowers and appears right back next to uh, Cecil. I did it! Are you going to do anything? Master McNamara? I guess for Cecil's action, he's going to take the hide action. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, Cecil ducks behind one of these gems. I'm going to just get into cover. All right, roll me a stealth check. Ten. Oh, buddy. (laughs) Cecil's crying. (laughs) That is this thing's passive perception. Oh, boy. So it does still see you. And since Sebastian is the one that attacked it, it's going to attack Sebastian. Okay. It'll roll two attacks against Sebastian. Ooh, one of them was a 12, but the other one was a nat 20. So it is going to do... Yeah, Sebastian's dead. How much damage does it do? 40. He's not dead. Really? Nope, he has more than 40 hit points. Uh, No, he has 30 plus 10 for each le- spell level above third. But I have Mighty Summoner. Oh! Um, Two extra per hit die. For which... All right, we're... We're, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're getting real crunchy, Ralph. <laughs> We're getting crunchy. Okay. How many hit die do I have? I have six. We're at six. So six. So he has 42 hit points. So he, nice. Sebastian makes it through with two health as one of these tentacles just smacks him right in the gut. He goes, oh! Oh. Uh, and he is coughing <laughs> on the ground. Sebastian now! Next to Cecil. Uh, and that brings us to Ren's turn. Okay, so she's going to cast web on the camera sensor to kind of impede its movement, but also hopefully keep it from being out. It'll lightly obscure an area, but I'm concentrating it all on the sensor. That is smart. Okay, sure. I'll say until that clears, it will make attacks at disadvantage. Awesome. And then she's going to use her bonus action to hide. Okay. Yep. Yep. You uh, roll me a stealth check. Yeah. Thirteen. Okay. <laughs> Great. This thing is not super perceptive, so that will work. Uh, awesome. That brings us to Ratness's turn. Okay, I'm gonna try and dart one of the tentacles. Uh, yeah, roll me an attack. So the first one's a thirteen, and the second one's a seventeen. Okay, those will both hit. So that'll be one d four plus four for each attack. First one's eight. Second one's seven. Yeah, this thing kind of creaks uh, as Ratness hits like really specific joints in the arms and that brings us to James's turn. Okay. So I'm gonna go fire straight at its retina. Cool. Uh, yeah, roll me, roll me two attack rolls. Uh, 27. That hits. 16. Those both hit. Uh, 5 and 7. 
Yeah, you fire two right at the uh, the top of it, and it groans a little bit as you are in the middle of this room. And with that, we are going to jump over to the docks. Oh, uh, boy. Victoria, oh, Todd, boy. and Jim, oh and Brian are on the deck of this ship, and there are hideaways fighting magical armors all around you guys as this one large armor that appears to be the captain struts down the stairs onto the poop deck with you guys and it pulls out this really really long great sword and uh it prepares to fight you guys victoria you're up first okay cool great i have a question would jim and todd both have had a greater healing potion as well sure yeah i'll say they will okay that's generous for todd but all right (laughs) she is gonna pull out this little piece of crystal out of her bag that her mom gave her she's going to focus it at the construct and she's going to cast shatter. Okay. At third level. Third level. Okay. What does he need to roll? A constitution save of 13. He rolls a five. Yay. All right. 4d8. <laughs> oh, big money. No whammies. Oh, fuck. Whammies. Whammies. <laughs> some, some whammies. Just a few whammies, actually. That's only 13 points of damage on a third level spell. Cool. Anything else you want to do? Uh, she'll go... And she's going to use her movement to get out of range with it and take her cuddle monster out of reg and just squeeze it really quick. Okay. You can roll 3d8 and recover that much health. Sweet. And that'll be my turn. Okay. Uh, that brings us up to Todd. Your turn. I'm going to go. <laughs> it's so dumb. I wanted to use his fucking board as a weapon. <laughs> just because he, I don't you know. You absolutely can. You absolutely uh, uh, can. Okay. I, I want to I go over to that construct and. <laughs> just crack fucking, it over the head. Yeah. All right. So 18 to hit. 18, that's going to miss. What? What? Oh, fuck. Uh, so, <laughs> I've got something for you, and he like fucking throws the goddamn board off overboard. <laughs> He's like, shit, <laughs> bollocks. And then he pulls out a short sword, and you can you can take another attack. He has oh, that's two right, because he has. Oh shit, shit, He's shit. shit that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You better roll a fucking twenty-seven. <laughs> it's gonna be Todd is looking out over the ocean, um, and he completely misses he's just watching the fireworks show and the cannons go off and he completely misses the short sword attack as well god okay uh that brings us to jim okay (laughs) who's bloody (laughs) jim Jim is jim's missing several teeth jim a little bit late to the party crash lands onto the deck (coughs) like coughing up blood yeah um brian gives him a hand up bros am i able to get around flanking sure Okay, great. Then, yeah, Jim's going to go, hey, Todd, need a hand? Jumps up. Three attacks. Ooh, let's go, Monk. Cool. Can he take that at advantage because he's flanking? Yes, he can. Okay, first attack. That is a 23 to hit. That'll hit. Second attack, 14 to hit. That'll miss. And then that one doesn't hit either. That's a 12. Okay. That's going to be, okay, seven points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. And then my fists glow with this, uh, like... 30-year-old energy. Yeah, 30-year-old energy. <laughs> it's the energy of experience. 
my fingers begin to glow like little glow sticks, like little rave, pl- yes! like fur glow sticks. So he's like, absolutely. And then, uh, bonus action, flurry of blows. Okay, roll me two more attacks. Uh, another sixteen to hit. Miss. That's a twenty. Hey. Yes. Good stuff. Okay. Nine points of bludgeoning damage. Awesome. Yeah, you sock this commander across the head, and he turns to face Jim, and. He says, well, I'll have no mutiny on my ship. I don't work for you. This is the 30-year-old who refuses to grow up. <laughs> Jim, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. That's a 16. 16. Okay, you just pass. <gasps> uh, I told you I didn't work for you. <laughs> I'm anti-capitalist, bitch. <laughs> Jim refuses to work for the man. The commander just shrugs and then pulls out its giant sword that you see now has like sawtooths on the side of it and it cuts you twice goes for two attacks I rolled an 11 11 misses and I rolled a natural 20 oh bye Jim Jim! and Jim takes 20 damage Jim takes that in the gut and just goes I didn't feel a thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Jim, I'll need you to make a constitution saving throw. No. That's a two. Jim, you are bleeding. All right, you know, more than he was previously. <laughs> you are. That's that's not, a, that's not a surprising statement for Jim. You have the status of bleeding. Sure. So now every turn, you will take a d4 of damage. Each turn it goes untreated, you will take an additional d4 of damage. A healing potion does not stop the bleeding effect. You will have to make a medicine check to try and patch it up. Uh, Jim has done all he can do at, on, on his turn, so he okay. is going to stand there and stare this guy down in the face. Great. Well, Jim takes an additional three damage from the bleeding. Uh, he is on death's door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that brings us to Brian's turn. Brian casts magic missile at the thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, roll me uh, I think it's 3d4 for the damage 11 11 damage okay that's awesome this thing is definitely not looking as hardy as it first was when you guys hopped on board and that goes back to the tower it is your turn Cecil oh oh shit okay 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 it's fine it's fine <laughs> I'm going to cure wounds at second level. Sebastian. For little old me? How kind! You're the only thing that is keeping me alive right now, Sebastian. I guess that's a good point, but it still means quite a bit. He regains 20 hit points. Wow! (laughs) I rolled two hates on that. Damn. Uh, I also need you to roll me a d20. Okay, 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 okay. Hey, Brandon, you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. Not for long. Roll no. me a d100. No. That's literally every time I've cast a spell, it's been a d20. It's been a, a dat 20, which is, which is cool. Awesome. That's a 94. Okay. As you cast uh, this cure wounds, you feel like this almost jolt of electricity go through your arm, uh, and your next attack will do an additional 1d8 lightning damage. Hey. Cool. Uh, Sebastian. Oh, yes is going to do the exact same thing. He's going to run up with a short sword and take a take a big old swipe. Yes! It's going to be 20 to hit. That'll hit. 16 points. Okay. And then as Sebastian's sword slices and creates this row of, of sparks, 
um, the sparks begin turning into tiny little fireworks as his body appears right back next to me, and the construct needs to make another wisdom saving throw. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna spam this guy. Sebastian looks at you and says, "I feel like I'm doing a lot of the work here. You're, I think I, I need I'm, a raise." Uh, it rolls a twenty-five. Okay. Not affected by feelings. I stick up a middle finger over over my hiding spot. <laughs> well, good for you. It's gonna attack you. No! Um, it's just my finger. It's just my finger. <laughs> At disadvantage, because you said it would have disadvantage because I obscured its vision. Okay, so it takes two attacks though. Ooh, it rolled a nineteen and it also rolled a natural twenty, but thankfully we'll take the nineteen, so it's gonna hit once, and the second one ten to hit, so that will not hit. You take 14 damage. That's fine. I also need you to make a charisma saving throw. Oh, oh. That's fine. I'm, oh. I'm super charismatic. Uh, 14. You fail. So Cecil, as you are hit by this tentacle, you feel it kind of latch onto you, and you feel something kind of being sucked away. And I am going to roll a d10, and something's going to happen. No. Ooh. I rolled an eight. So Cecil, you lose a third level spell slot as it sucks this magic out of you. And from its spell siphoning tentacle, it casts to spell magic. But you see, because it does dispel the blindness on you, but it also dispels Sebastian as he looks and goes, goodbye, and just disappears. It's going very well. That will be Ren's turn. From her hiding spot, she's going to try and hit it with her short bow. Okay. Roll me attack with advantage. That's a 16. That'll hit. And then also get sneak attack. Correct. Ha ha ha. That's 11 points of damage. And then as her bonus action, she's going to use blade song. Cool. Yeah. You peek out from behind one of these gems, fire off your short bow, and you wave your hand over the stone that hangs from your hip as it starts to play music and Renee starts to sway along with it as her blade song is activated. And that brings us to Ratness. Okay, I'm going to do another multi-dart attack. Okay. First one, 12. Second one, 20. Okay, those will both hit. Right, um, so that's a damage of... That's 12 damage. Okay. You see this thing is starting to kind of creak under the weight of supporting its own tentacles as it starts to get these dents in the side of it. Uh, and James, that's your turn. I'm going to continue firing at its retina. There you go. As one does. As one does. As you fire, my hawk aura appears behind you as you fire, and you'll get advantage on this. I'm using my reaction. Oh. Nice. The first one was 13. That'll hit. The second one will not. Okay. Well, roll me a d8 for that first attack. Eight. Yeah. This thing is looking a little haggard now. Not looking quite as put together as when you guys first ran into this room. Uh, and you, as you guys continue to beat up on it, we will go back to the ship. Victoria, that's your turn. Great. She's going to run back up to the pirate construct thing. She's going to touch it, and she's going to attempt to bestow curse. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what does he need to roll? Wisdom save of 13. He rolls a 17. Mm. Oh, boy. Cool. As you cast bestow curse, I do need you to roll me OD 20. Seven. Okay. Anything else you'd like to do? I'm just going to use my movement then to back up. Okay, cool. Yeah. As you do, uh, this commander is going to take an attack of opportunity on you. Bring it. Uh, 22? Yeah, that hits. Get out of here. Save yourself, Jim says as he's like <laughs> <laughs> vomiting blood. 11 damage, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. 19? 
19, that will pass. So you are not bloodied by this attack. Awesome. Todd, that's your turn. Come on, Todd. Finish him off, buddy. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to attack. I mean, Todd is very... Todd's very aggro right now. Yeah, that's not going to hit. And then he's going to his second attack. 22. Okay, that hits. Oh, thank God. And would you like to do one of your blade flourishes? Yeah, so Todd is going berserk, so he's going to do a slashing flourish. Okay, so roll me 1d6 plus 3 for your attack, and then roll me a d8 for your slashing flourish. So, 7. Goddamn, okay, Todd, you got your shit together. Uh, an 8. Nice! Yeah. That's another 15 damage. Yeah, Todd tries to take another attack with his short sword, misses, throws the short sword down, grabs another one of the hideaway's boards, and just slams the guy (laughs) over the head. And Jim, that's your turn. Jim is going to use an action. He's going to rip off his shirt and try and tie a a little tourniquet and try and stop some of the bleeding. Yeah, Jim rips off his shirt, and he is so fucking toned underneath, just, like, absolutely jacked. You would not think it, but the guy has, like, like, washboard abs. He does Peloton. (laughs) He does Peloton. Victoria just double take. (laughs) Yeah, roll me a a medicine jug. That's intelligence? Yes. That's yeah, cause it's okay, zero. Oh my god. You do have a greater healing potion if you'd like to down that as a bonus action. Do that! Yeah, yeah, he's gonna do that. Um that's gets nine points of healing back. He will also lose two due to the bleeding. Okie dokie. And that will take us to the magic commander. He could sense what Victoria was trying to do, so he is going to track her down and go for an attack on her. So Jim and Todd can both take attacks of opportunity if you would like. Oh, sweet, yeah. Do you have to roll hit yeah. for that yes, as yeah. well? So you roll, do, yeah, you do, roll you me do, a d20. Okay. I'm assuming Brandon, who has been dancing for the past minute, rolled a nat 20. You bitch your bad dollar, you did. God, you've rolled like seven nat 20s tonight. Uh, this is a, a roller coaster of emotions over here for Jim. Truly. Uh, uh, Todd got distracted by the water again. Um <laughs> It's so peaceful. He uh he doesn't. He's like, oh, he looks so nice. Um and uh and and um and, uh, yeah he just I think he probably just like oh really and just like as he leaves he just kind of sticks his just, deck nothing yeah, just very casually bo- holds out his sword the sword of the board he just sort of just like puts it out there in fact probably gave it to one of the other fucking armored yeah fucking probably in the meantime. Like, Jim, roll me damage. You remember remember when Goku takes off the the training weights and reveals that he can actually move like twice the speed of light or some some anime shit? Yes. Yeah. And hits for six points of ma- a magical bludgeoning damage. Okay. His body is now like this beautiful, like he's like a like a classic Adonis. like athlete, like a Greek. <laughs> God. Muscles seem like twice the natural size and he like Dents some of the armor. Just gets him right in the gut. And this guy continues trucking towards Victoria, takes two attacks, uh, rolls a 9 and a 24. No, sorry, like a 21, I think. Uh, so, so the 21 will hit. I think so. Just just barely. Just barely. Just barely. Actually, it's a 22. Right there on the DC. Ooh, you got real lucky. I rolled two ones. Uh, you take six damage. Oh. Uh, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Shit. 14? That's going to fail. No. Oh, boy. So ah. you are also bloodied, and you take an additional two damage. Cool. 
Brian, your turn. Okay, great. I'm going to cast Burning Hands. All right. He will make a dexterity saving throw. An 11. So he's going to fail. Uh, so roll your, I think I think it's what, 2d6? It is 5d6. Oh, whoa. What? Whoa. What level are you, are you casting it at third level? Yep. Third level because <gasps> I got my staff, baby. Oh, your staff. That's <gasps> right. The staff. Five All right. Only 5d6. That's when the DM's like, I made a mistake. I, uh, <laughs> what have I done? That is 20 damage. All right. So you catch this thing and it bursts into flames uh, and some of the fire like catches the mast and you guys are now fighting on this burning ship. And this Which is thing very is distracting. On... <laughs> yes. You see magical armor starting to like go out on the docks and are amassing on the shore. Uh, and it oh looks boy. like all of them, like the entire city's worth of armors are on the shores right now. Oh yeah. And this captain is on death's door. Yes. That brings us back to the tower. Cecil, your turn. Okay. You can now see again, yeah. but Sebastian has disappeared. A teardrop rolls down my face. I'll always be in your heart. <laughs> Sebastian. <laughs> I scream at the top of my lungs as I grab my bat with both hands and I leap over and like Aragorn charging into the orcish horde. <laughs> For Frodo. For Sebastian, I go up and I big old swing All right. at this thing. 15? 15, that'll hit. Okay, and it's crackling. Yes. With this lightning. Uh, so it's 18 points. 18 points. Yeah, you see it start to like almost short circuit as the lightning starts to course through it. Mm, and it is go. looking extremely hurt. Tears streaming down my face. It is also focused on you and it is going to make two <laughs> attacks at disadvantage against you. First one is a 10. Second one is a 21. Uh, you take 21 damage and I need you to make another charisma saving throw. A 10. That fails. It sucks another spell out of you. It's taking a second level spell. It's going to steal your hold person spell and cast it. And I'm going to roll a D4 to see who it gets cast on. If it's a one, it's Cecil. A two is Ren. A three is Ratness. A four is James. That's a four. But of course. Uh, <laughs> I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw. Uh, 21. 21, okay. Boom. Yeah, you feel your muscles like lock up and tense as this thing looks at you. James is mindful. Yeah, and you, then you think, no, I don't think so. Uh, and you break out of this whole person spell, but Cecil does lose a second level spell slot, and that is going to be Ren's turn. Okay, so Ren sees the the like open wounded areas essentially where this electricity is crackling, and she starts to conjure... A uh, magic missile, and she's gonna shoot all three of them into that like opening. All right, roll me three d four. Oh, nice! That is ten points of damage. Ren, show your work. <laughs> okay, she's just going to look at Ratness, and she's going to kneel and have Ratness run up her back and stick the daggers in the wound but sending the energy into Ratness's daggers instead. Yeah, Ratness leaps through the air, this crackling arcane energy from the mechanism exploding around her as she buries her daggers into it and the darts stick in right behind and this thing pff, 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 starts to smoke 
and smolder as the tentacles fall and the eye at the very top with the webs covering it falls down to the ground and we'll finish the rest of the fight on the ship. We are back to Victoria. Your turn. Oh, God. Oh, God. That was fast. Okay, so out of her thigh holster, she's going to pull her pistol and she's going to take a shot at the pirate. I'll say with that, as you about are about to pull the trigger, you hear both James and Ren's voices in your head. And I'll say you can make this attack with advantage <gasps> with the training that you went through earlier. <laughs> I think that's going to hit. Um, math. 18 plus 6. 24. That's going to hit. Yes. Okay. Oh, are you kidding me? That's four damage. Four damage. But. Hey, you hit. I'm going to expend a stinging sharp shot and I'm going to stun it so that Jim can pow. Okay. Victoria, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to because you're going to need to show your work. (laughs) What? You got a double kill? (laughs) Twice. Andy racking up the kills tonight. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, she's going to take her pistol out and shoot it. And she's going to stun it and then look at Jim and nod, look at Todd and nod, look at Brian and nod and have them just, Jim Jim can like punch it, it'll spin around, Todd can smack it, and then Brian can whatever. What happens is it is very cinematic of like you you aim, you're like shaking a little bit, yeah. but then you, you remember the feeling of James like steadying your arm as you take the shot. And you feel, you remember like Ren's voice next to your ear telling yeah. you to just breathe. And you take a breath, pull the trigger. It clips the nape of its neck. The head spins around. You look at everyone. You all nod. And then Todd and Jim just go in and just start beating the shit out of it on the <laughs> ground. Just like with no grace or class at all. Just like, yeah, fuck yeah. Just stomping on Todd is obviously using his, uh, his board. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Nice. Uh, and as you do that, you see all of the magical armors on the ship, the light behind their eyes fading, and they crumple down to the ground. <gasps> you can see the armors on the rest of the shore all starting to fall as well. And from behind, you see the tower that's probably about a few thousand feet away right now, but you can see the glowing and explosions coming from the top of it. And Todd and Jim both look at Brian and Victoria and say, we got this. And they start tearing apart the ship. And you guys... We got this. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You guys hop on your long brooms and boost across the water to the tower. And you guys blow through the tower. All of the magical traps and such that were holding it down have fallen apart. And it is now just a pretty simple tower. And you make it to the top room where you see this mechanism tilted over on the ground and you see Cecil and James and Ren and Ratness all standing around it. And you can also see that as you're walking in, it is kind of cracked in the middle and there appears to be like an arcane orb right in the center of it. That was like kind of powering the whole thing. Hey guys. Whoa. (sighs) Well, I guess your mission went well. We're alive. You guys are too. We we are. Yes. We Awesome. It looks like everything uh turned out for the best. Uh, well, the uh hideaways are taking care of the ship. What else do we need to do here? Are the are the gems still like around? Oh yeah. The gems are around, but they are all kind of cracked now and they seem oh. to be pretty out of commission. And as you guys are in the top of this tower, you can start to hear 
sounds from like outside Uh-oh. and it sounds like people are like waking up it's like 4 30 this is when they naturally wake up yeah exactly <laughs> after after hearing the ruckus and everything and yeah you guys are in this wreckage standing next to this arcane orb with sort of this glowing mass within it without touching it i'd like to get as close as i can and i'd like to ponder this orb Roll, roll me a pondering check, I guess. I want to basically just inspect and look at it and try and investigate the inner workings. As Cecil is doing that, James keeps hearing a voice in his head emanating from the the orb. Um, and so he's drawn towards it. Yeah, James, you, you kind of hear like some sounds, almost like a music and just like a variety of sounds coming from this orb as you approach it a little bit. Uh, James, James, are you OK? James continues towards the orb and puts his hand on it. Hey man, we don't know we don't know. We don't know what's we don't know what this thing is. What are you doing? James, as you reach out, your hand touches it. You've been feeling this kind of like inexplicable draw to it. You're not really quite sure why. But as you place your hand on it, the second your skin touches it, there's a crack in it. And more cracks start to form and there some seems to be some kind of malfunction with this center power source of this mechanism and it breaks down and this arcane mist starts to seep out and it starts to form what appears to be like a window and you guys see as you're looking at it there are all sorts of like images kind of flashing through it you even see images of what looks like your world but you also see images of other strange landscapes and such that you're not quite familiar with and there's this roaring sound that starts to fill the room and james you are feeling yourself tugged towards this portal i don't have um i don't have time and James throws the scroll he had been writing on to Cecil. And he says, uh, trust me. James, what are you doing? And as he does, this scroll falls to the ground. And James is sucked into this portal. And this roaring sound reaches a crescendo. And then everything goes silent. And all of the arcane energy is sucked into that portal. And... James is gone. What? Where did he go? What just happened? Uh, I, 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 like an automaton, just sort of robotically unravel the scroll and read. The D&D Club. In the short time I've had before this enterprise, that's in the spirit of helping others... As we are wont to do, I've had some time to think and to write. In the spirit of not knowing what's ahead, I've decided to write something in case of an untimely discrepancy in what's expected. I've felt the loss of many in my own life. Sometimes it seems like I've frozen time in my own mind between caskets and for those who have manifested themselves as an absence in my life. For the few I do still have, I've made the effort to ask questions about what they would like for me to say at their weddings and at their funerals. You can imagine some of the looks I've received when posed such a question. 
I'm not a scary person, but sincerity can be frightening to some, I suppose. The things within our own minds sometimes appears as if they never get better, whatever that could mean. The issue with wearing one's heart on their sleeve their whole life is reckoning with the constant pain that's invited in. Sometimes it seems like living with chronic pain. From others, and certainly from within oneself. But these things can heal. And they will. To our noble bard, Victoria, your propensity to shield yourself from others is peculiar, though I understand it. Though your running away from us did piss me off in the moment, it didn't mean I didn't understand it. I've run away from many things in my life, often to the detriment of others around me. I suppose my tragedy was isolation. Lessons must be learned in stride. They aren't things to be earned in an instant. When cataclysmic things happen in your life, reflection isn't a choice, it's a necessity. I do believe your parents love you in their own strange way, and that includes the one who has manifested himself as an absence. I sincerely hope that you may find him on this side or the other. You've led us better than I ever could. Your mind has a talent for such things that mine will never possess. Whatever anyone else sees that, whether they do, you must embrace that for yourself. You know your worth. And no, responding with, I know my worth, in a snarky way doesn't mean that you do. <laughs> To our heartfelt druid, Cecil. Your hiding for, uh, from others is strange to me, though I understand it. The secret is out now, but I kept it for you. You can do things here that no one else can. But that isn't reason to assume you can't influence others in the real world the same way. It doesn't have to be binary. Sometimes it simply takes a long look in the mirror and a conversation with someone else to remind them that a baseball tryout won't be the end of your life, as does a conversation with their father. Both have the potential of changing lives. That is the magic of the real world. Baseball and basketball don't require any magic but you. You have it in you. I've seen it. I'm not speaking on your freshman year basketball tryout. That was an exercise to make your dad proud. What about makes you proud of yourself. If this other world has offered us anything, it's that realization. We all have that magic within us. So when you leave, what are you going to allow yourself to keep, and what are you going to allow yourself to let go? To our logical paladin, Brian, your pessimism has often confused me, but I understand it. Your sister is blessed to have a brother like you, but don't confuse protection with fear. Fear of taking that leap, fear of walking through the front door. If we only thought of all the things in life that could undo us, we'd, nev we'd never make it to the door of our bedrooms. There's no reason to get in your way to protect yourself. Not everything is dangerous. Like right now, this moment you're in. Cecil and Victoria aren't going to do anything to hurt you. 
they aren't going to leave you. We aren't going to leave you. Right? No. I see the frightened boy in you that I used to be. It's the light and dark, the stars and the night sky. The oldest story in the book. The stars know better than we ever will about being enveloped in darkness, and yet they keep shining. Optimism isn't any more of an illusion than pessimism. One of them is simply easier to fall into. And that doesn't stem from sentiment. That up there, that's physics written in the cosmos above us. That's science. That's logic. My friends, the only ones I've ever had. You each should know your worth. You know who you are. Fate isn't immutable, it's chosen. Destiny has never been infallible. The world will always remain as entropic as life. Answer the call and make your life your own. Your journey answers to no one but yourself. You are the one you must sleep with at night. I found often that the answer to many of life's questions lies in someone else's face. Take every moment to remember that and stay true to each other. This other world has given us a second chance. Don't waste it. I will see you on this side or the other. Trust me. Until such happier times, I remain in soulful bond. Yours, James. Victoria would just like to grab Cecil's hand and Brian's. And as you reach the end of this scroll, you are all left in the wreckage and ruins of the top of this tower with the sounds of the city waking up outside. And with that, class is dismissed. Dragons is Andy Dinehart as Victoria Hightower, Danielle Grisco as Brian Tolkien, Brandon Lindsay as Cecil McNamara, Jackson Pounds as James Malden, and myself, Riley Wesson, as your DM. Thanks so much for listening to this session. If you enjoyed what you heard, please tell a friend and spread the word. As you might have guessed from the ending of this session, Jackson will be stepping away from the podcast for an indefinite hiatus. It was a sudden decision, but we felt this was the best way to wrap up James's story for the time being on such short notice, and hopefully he'll be returning to the show in the future. Our theme music is Sonic Pogo by Vans Japan. Other music can be found in the episode description. And our artwork is done by our favorite Carlina Alvarez. Check out more of her stuff at the link in the description as well. Until next time, make sure to spend time with those you care about and tell someone you love them. Life's too short to not love others. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next session.
go. Good job, guys. That was good. I felt really good about that one. Good. I'm glad. That's really what matters. I want a list of the ones you haven't felt good about. <laughs> oh, I've got a list. Don't worry. See all of the above every single <laughs> every single session. Welcome back to D Hall and Dragons. Class is back in session. This is. Hang on, I'm gonna redo that. I did. I got them oh, mixed up. I did them backwards. Woo-woo. Class. I've got is a list, Riley. Fuck. 